Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go to Gary Birkinshaw, who'll cover AFL and also cricket. Birko, good morning, mate. What a classic prelim at the G last night in front of over 97,000 fans. Yeah, g'day, Steve. G'day, Butch. Yeah, what a, what a great game that was. A great, a great contest, I suppose, is probably the best way to describe it. It probably wasn't the greatest game of, that you've ever seen, but, gee, it was a tight contest. And, and you know, and Kynewood did well. They actually got the game played on their, their turn. They, you know, they, they restricted the Giants to, to eight goals when everyone leading to the game was questioning whether Collingwood could kick 10, 12, 13 goals to win the game. But, uh, you know, just... Uh, halfway through the second quarter, even at half time, GWS certainly had had the upper hand. But you know they finished on top for a reason, Collingwood, um, and they just never ever give up. They do it better for longer. So, so certainly well done to them, and what a fantastic crowd! Dugowie sensational for the Pies. I know you'll talk about that. I think a young man emerged for the GWS Giants last night. That's Connor Ryden playing on the halfback flank. What a game for him! He was brilliant in defence and. From a local perspective, Daniel Lloyd plays his 101st and final AFL game. Yeah, first of all, uh, the go was fantastic. Like, it's, and it's amazing that it, it's it's just a funny the way the game's played now. You know about the rotation, and everything else like that. But your best player of the night spent the last eight minutes of the game on the bench because he couldn't get off the because he couldn't get back on the ground. Which I, I just find I've got to admit I find it absolute staggering that. That we can't do, we, that we couldn't get him back on the ground. I'm just staring that. But what a fantastic game he had. And Connor Ryder, he's been brilliant all year for the Giants. He's run off half back, and his ability to win one on one contests was, was phenomenal. And the Giants' back line, sorry, both back lines did that so well. And, and Lloyd, I thought Daniel Lloyd's game last night was probably one of the better ones I reckon I've seen him play. Um, the role that he played, and you know, he's very he played on steel side bottom for a lot of the night and he did a really, really good job on him and he should be very proud of not only last night, but certainly the hundred and one games that he's played. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. And you know, if anyone missed this game last night, I'd love to have the audio to roll in, but Burko, Toby Green, not just the Giants captain, but the all Australian captain, he has a snap from the pocket and a chance to win it. If he gets a point, we go to overtime in the prelim final, Steel Sidebottom marks it like centimetres from going through, and that would have put the Giants in front. So, uh, just an absolute classic. Yeah, it was quite funny. I was watching the game with Scott last night, and we sort of we're talking through that at the moment. And you look there and you say, "Look, it was a it was a meter of you know of being the goal that, that you know put them through in, or or should he have actually just guaranteed that he scored? You know what I mean? Like he, from where he was." He could have certainly scored a behind, which which levels the game up. And that's so you look back at those those little moments and still sidelines. The fact that he's a wingman and he actually ran back, he was the only one there and took the mark right on the line. So that's full credit to him as well. But you know those little sliding door moments. You know if he just scores that behind, levels it up, takes a bit of the, the pressure to him, but puts the pressure back on Collingwood to have to score again. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was shouting in the lounge room, "We need a point." Just find a point somewhere and then reboot. So he's a big time. Yep. He's a big game player, though. 
He's a big-time player. He's going to back himself every uh, time. And have you seen him in interviews after the games? Like, what a refreshing kind of interview style that he's got, you know? Shoots from the hip, doesn't he? Toby Green, and what a super talent. Yeah. Two, two years ago, they said that he, he shouldn't be made captain. You know, too volatile, too, uh, too ill-disciplined and whatever. But what an inspired choice that has been by the Giants to make him his captain. And, and uh, you know, he, an interesting point about Toby Green that people don't, don't realise is that so what he does is that for all the first-year players, throughout the year, he actually invites them around to his place for dinner every single one of the first-year players throughout the year, just to, you know, just to, to, to get to know them, you know, just explaining what life's like as an AFL footballer. So, look, it's, it's a credit. We don't see what happens behind the scene, but, mate, what an incredible season that he has had and what a great leader he is. By the way, uh, Buttes, I know you're next, but uh, Daniel Lloyd finished with 14 disposals, so 12 kicks, two handballs. You know, he's involved in a lot of work, physicality off the ball, and he finished with one goal last night as well. Yeah, and, I, you know, just taking on what you said there, Gaz, about him inviting those young players over. like, And, and that's true leadership right there, right? It's not publicised. It's not, not doing it for any other reason other than to bring those guys in and to make them feel a part of that squad and that they're valued. Hey, can I ask you both this? Did you see Collingwood walk up the race so this is just before they enter the arena and you're seeing Darcy Moore, the son of a gun. You know, his dad was a Collingwood legend, a ruckman back in the day, but they've all got smiles on their faces, Buttes, because they're about to walk into this Coliseum and hear the roar. And last night, it is the loudest I've ever heard coming through the TV. Yeah. 97,000 fans. What about you, Burko? Yeah, look, it, it was so good. Look, I'd, I'd be excited as well if I'm about to, to go out and play a preliminary final with about 97,000 people. It was just, it was just so good, and, and you know they were so confident about you know the position that they were in, and, and they read, they were ready to go. And and look, it was just a magnificent occasion. I could imagine what it was like to have actually been there. And one thing they guarantee with Collingwood in the grand final next week is that yeah you know, that they will have a yeah you know, they, they will break well over 100,000 people there. Be be scrambling for tickets galore. So it yeah. should be good. And, and like I said, they've been the best side all year. They won the minor premiership. So, you know, good on them for making the grand final. Hey, they'll be salivating in Melbourne. Imagine if Carlton can uh, get the job done against the Brisbane Lions. Uh, the countdown is on for that game. It's an early first bounce up in Brisbane because of both games being played tonight. Butte? I think that's the big thing. And, you know, what? I've got to say, what's it been, like three or four weeks in a row that they've had... 90,000 plus at the MCG and it's just a regular currency and well done to you know the AFL supporters for getting out. Uh, Burko uh, thanks for staying with us mate we'll talk some local cricket in a moment because we had the launch of the local season just in a couple of words six hours 50 minutes 20 seconds until the Lions versus Carlton who are you tipping? I think the Lions will win this. I think they'll win uh, pretty comfortably. Normally in the preliminary final there's one close game and one bit of a blowout and I think uh, tonight will be a bit of a blowout I think uh, Carlton have been fantastic to get to the preliminary final, but I think they are uh, a little bit wounded, I think, some of their key players. And uh, I just think the Lions have got too many weapons um, uh, up forward and they'll be able to kick a, kick a winning score to progress through to the grand final, which should be a classic next week. At the Gabatois, they're undefeated there this year. Is that correct, Burger? 11-0, Butte. 11-0. Could mean that That's they're a... one, one game closer to a loss. That's uh, true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, it's, it's pretty compelling statistics, though, for those who, are, who like to, to take the odds. It's pretty good odds, isn't it, really? Hey, Burko, when you arrived at the launch of the Central Coast cricket season at Diggers at the entrance, 
your first observation was everyone was there. Tell us more. Yeah, look, uh, we had our season launch last Wednesday, and uh, Steve, thanks very much for hosting that. It was fantastic. But, but yeah, when I made my uh, late entrance, uh, I was really, really impressed with the quality of, of players that were in the room, which means that uh, yeah, they were actually really keen for the season to start, and uh, it was the who's who of, of Central Coast cricket. And they, what I love about the season launch, Steve, is that all the clubs are so positive about where they're at at this time of year, where their club's heading, and... Uh, and, you know, it's really, uh, it's really uplifting because we know that, you know, there's one, only one side's going to win and someone's going to finish on the bottom. But this time of year, they're all, they've all got the same goal. They all think they're going to make finals, which is, which is fantastic. And the positivity in the room, they spoke really well. And, uh, you know, look, I think the night went really well. So, so yeah, looking forward to the start next uh, Saturday. Hey, Gary, while you were just explaining what a great night it was, we've just seen two of the best runs in junior rugby that, I think we've ever seen. One of them involved a superb cover tackle. And then we've just saw a stunning try. Mate, they are going end-to-end here, these guys. And uh, it's great rugby, I've got to say. I'm really um, really happy for both teams who are putting in a mighty effort. But uh, Woi Woi scoring again, 31-7. to That's a big lead with 17 minutes to go, Steve. So, Gary, the entrance winners last year. And you spoke at length to me after the awards about the marquee system. So, the entrance... Their key player last year, no doubt about it, was a marquee player. And can you explain to our listeners that virtually every club has a marquee and how that system works? Yeah, so what it actually is, is so it's only the marquees in our T20 competition. So our T20 competition, which we will start next Saturday, is, is separate to our main competition. So in a T20 competition, you're allowed to use two players who aren't regular players on the Central Coast. So you can get two first-grade cricketers from Sydney, from from Newcastle or you know, anywhere really to, to come and play. So it just, just enhances the competition a bit, get some quality players into uh, into the competition to play in the, in the T20. It doesn't compromise our main competition at all, but you know, we get to see some pretty good players from Sydney come down. And you know, some of the clubs do it better than others. They've got better contacts. But um, no, look, it's it's really, really good. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, as I said, it enhances the competition. So Connor Haddo, who was here last year and made 93 in the grand final, was he not a marquee player? No, no, he wasn't a marquee player. He um, he's actually was, was just come over from England. He's an overseas player that just registered and played with um, with the entrance. So he was fine. But there, but there, um, Eknor Singh, who got the T20 Player of the Year for the entrance last year, he plays first grade cricket for Blacktown. So he was a T20 Player of the Year. But he came up, so he was their marquee player last year, and he made uh, he was an off spinner. Um, and made a, a big difference from there. But Justin Avendano comes back and plays. So we, that's probably probably one of the bigger names that, that we get. There's a bloke last year by the name of James Rue. Um, he played for England under-19s and had a fantastic county season over England. He's now playing in the England second level. He came and played for... for um, he played for Terrigal Matcham because he played club cricket for North Sydney last year. So just players like that to come out. So really looking forward to it. But you mentioned Connor Haddo, though, Steve, it's, the overseas players, we're getting more and more of them coming out and playing in our competition, which is really, really good, and that adds to the depth of the, the quality of play that we have. Hey, Gary, last week your son Scotty, fantastic year for him and Terrigal Avoca. They go down narrowly against Newcastle City in the Hunter Central Coast competition, but we also had a win for the Central Coast. The mighty Bado Bay uh, win a grand final in local AFL. Certainly was, and uh, fantastic performance by the Bado Bay. It was their reserve grade side who who ended up winning the Black Diamond Shield competition. Played under lights the last game of the, the season, and uh, 
look, it was really good. They played Newcastle City, who, you know, they were obviously a powerhouse. They won three premierships of, of the five that played on the day, but they were able to stop them from making four wins. And, look, full credit to them. They uh, put up in the Black Diamond Cup competition this year, their first time. So to be able to win a premiership in their reserve grade was certainly a good result for them. Hey, by the way, Gaz, have you got a Muppet of the Week? Uh, because it's uh, one of our new segments. I'm sure you've got a Muppet. Let's roll it in. Let's roll in the intro. It's the Muppet Show. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up white. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. All right, let's do it. So uh, last week with Butte's not here, we decided not to do it, and we had a really busy show. So, Burko, you can go first. Who's your Muppet of the Week? My Muppet of the Week is radio personality, podcast specialist and former AFL commentator in Sam Newman for his comments oh. that the, for the grand final next week, people should get up and boo the welcome to country. Now, everyone's got their own individual thoughts on welcome to country, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, but to get up and say that you should boo it, should be boo any entertainer. It's just ridiculous. And he's a Muppet. Yeah, well said. Uh, actually, I saw the best welcome to country I've ever seen on Thursday night. It was Uncle Gabby Duncan, who actually uh, does some song as well as part of his welcome to country, and it was just beautiful. So well done. Uh, Butes, you've got one. Do we roll in the theme again? <laughs> All right, take it away, Butes. Well, I'm gonna, I've got to agree with... Uh, Gaz, my Muppet of the Week is Sam Newman. He is an absolute goose. He could actually be Goose of the Week as well, but what a Muppet he is. Like, how dare he? We'll, we'll have to get the Goose sound effect. Yeah. Uh, our technician extraordinaire, Valentine Holmes, you've got one. Well, I was going to suggest it's, it's a whole stadium, actually. <laughs> Possibly from what I'm reading, actually. Uh, a core stadium like, uh, for the Penrith game yesterday. They did this thing of, because uh, after people bought tickets, obviously, but later in the week they decided hey let's make the rest of the tickets free and I thought well hang on if you paid for it you're going to feel a little bit shortchanged I'm not more for free tickets but yeah either do free free tickets for everyone or paid for everyone can't be a mixture of both and if you're going to make it free don't wait till later in the week it's a bit fair call so there was chaos last night is that what you're saying not so much chaos but a lot of Quite a few people were kind of like, well, hang on, I just paid 80 bucks for a ticket, and now all of a sudden... Now they're giving away for another. Yep. You know what? You know I've got a Muppet... Uh, I've told you this one before, Buttes. Do we need to, we need to hear the theme? We'll Let's roll the theme it. in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know that this has been one of mine for a while. It's the people that when you're in a car park locally, and they come in way too hot. Like, they're coming in, like, you know, I think it's like a 10-kilometre-an-hour zone, and they come in doing 40 or 50. Yeah. Because they're in a hurry to get to the shops, or they're in a hurry to get to the swimming pool and gym at Mingara. Mingara's where it happens. Oh, okay. They're Muppets, no doubt about it. They are. I've got another Muppet, right? And it annoys me, is when you've got parking on the street, right, and it's limited, and you've got a Muppet... Who takes up two spots? Can, can I just say, as a Victorian, there's nothing more eye-rolling than a four-wheel driver who's got a lot of confidence and tries to, to reverse park, and clearly they can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the Muppets that kind of take up two parks, like where they're over the line? Yes. So they've got like a Maserati, oh, and they don't want to be in the lines. 
They're over the line. Yeah, yeah, they're double. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'll tell you who else I reckon is a Muppet is the guy yesterday afternoon. It's a 70 zone in West Gosford. He's doing about 95. Mm. I'm calling Muppet on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Watch your hurry. Slow down, buddy. Maybe he's going to the beer garden. At, uh, Speed limits and, and then they tailgate someone. You move over. They tailgate the next person. Oh, God. Muppet, Muppet, Muppet. We've all seen it. <laughs>